episode of the Icon Showdown podcast begin. Um, with me today is my fantabulous sister, Margaret. How are we doing today, Margaret? So fabulous. Oh, that's right. You do go by Magpie Jones when we're in the mm-hmm. podcasting community. My bad on that one. Today we're going to be dissecting 1993's Leprechaun versus <laughs> Needful Things oh, and determining which, <laughs> which of those two can be considered the most iconic of that year. Um, just to let you people know... We did pick the two that made the most money and were still original. Uh, There are plenty of sequels that year that made more money, um, but I'm sure a lot of you have heard of Leprechaun, but perhaps not Stephen King's Needful Things. um, Is that the definition of icon, then? Yes, yes. Which should be the one that is the most memorable of that year? Granted, we do have the parameters. It must be an original story. Not a sequel, not a prequel. It can be a reboot if it is uh, original and notable enough, but certainly no sequels or prequels. So as we do here, we break it down in terms of uh, multiple criteria, six in fact, and then we rate them out of four pentagrams in each. So we first talk about the antagonist, then we talk about the ensemble, then the final figures, those that survive, um, the setting, the deeper meanings, and then the fright factor as a whole. So as it turns out, it looks like uh, Needful Things was released prior to Leprechaun. So let's talk about the big bad of Needful Things. Who was it? The devil! (laughs) In disguise. The devil in disguise. Uh, He also went by the name Leland Gaunt. What did you think about that name? You think that's a scary name? I think I like the one-syllable last name. I think it has a lot an impact. Yeah, absolutely. And Gaunt, if you think about it and how uh, it, it's used as an adjective, it usually means somebody's like hollowed out. If they're gaunt, mm-hmm. and he sort of hollows out his characters in a way, takes away what yeah. fleshes them out as a human, really. Um, and this was played by Max Van Side or Max Van Sydow. My bad. Um, I found him impossible to understand in the early part of the movie. Yeah, it was a lot of lip reading. He claims he's from Ohio, but he clearly had an accent that I'm assuming was Germany. Right? They insinu- yeah, they insinu- insinuated that in the first conversation, that he was from somewhere that's not Akron, Ohio, but that's where he claims he's from. Exactly. Um, so he's a big liar. He's the devil, after all. We can't mm-hmm. count on him telling anything truth. What is but his motive? Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Do you think Akron, Ohio was his last? town that he was at before. That's such a good point. Sometimes the devil tells like half truths, right? Mm -hmm. So perhaps where he did come from was Akron and he tore up that town the way he tries to tear up Castle Rock. What is his motivation? What is this devil, this version of the devils? What does he want? I, I don't know if there's a lesson to be taught here from the concept of the store's title and the movie's title is needless, needless, needful, needful things, which, you know, are ultimately needless things like you don't need things in general That's so a good is point. there some sort of hidden meaning behind um, the fact that it takes somebody wanting these things and bargaining for these things that are actually needless and giving up so much of themselves in order to obtain them I like that. Ultimately, what we need more than anything is our humanity and our will to live. And he has so many of these characters that are willing to sacrifice their own safety, um, their own loved ones even, uh, for the sake of objects, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, I also think he probably takes uh, gets some sadistic pleasure out of going after greedy people and understanding really what makes them tick. But I the think. interpersonal dynamic is like a big part of the movie because you see he, he finds who have conflicts with one another that are very minor and minuscule 
whether it's a dirty look one person got one day or a dog that annoys the other person, and then just build upon those small conflicts and tearing tearing the city apart and tearing up those relationships to the point of death. Yeah, and at one point when Ed Harris meets him for the first time, he says, or he asks him, so how do you know people in town? Because apparently he had known something about his wife before having even met Polly yet. And he says, I observe. That's my job. Yeah. There's a funny line from Ed Harris. That's your job! Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, let's, let's talk about him specifically as his aesthetic and his voice. What did you think about Max von Sydow as the devil, the way he's portrayed in this film? Um, I think that it was well cast. I think that, um, I felt he, I've seen him in other movies before, but the name doesn't ring a bell at all. But as a, like, his character actor that he was, was really spot on. And obviously they tapped into some just you know, aging teeth and things that just kind of show the, the, but then he also had a charm to him as well. He was able to pull off the kind of old gentleman persona that, you know, gets somebody to buy into things and almost feel trust the person. And I think that's his first step was gaining the trust of these individuals that he was selling these needful things to. Right, he comes off a little bit almost vulnerable himself, which I, I think old makes people, people yeah. trust him more. <laughs> um, but significantly, we do have an old white guy when we talk about, like, meanings going on it is the white man who has the most power sadly and ultimately mm-hmm. he is the one that is puppet mastering this entire town but the whole town was white i think they showed one That's person at a the good end point. So. yeah we'll talk more about the diversity yeah. in the ensemble um and in terms of where you might recognize him you might recognize his voice from ghostbusters he was the painting you know vigo in ghostbusters 2 oh, wow. remember the the evil painting that comes to life huh. um what about uh, his voice is pretty we talked about it, a little unintelligible to beginning uh, yeah. Uh, but then we start to understand it, and I think it's effective. Mm-hmm. Um, what about iconic status as a villain? Granted, you hadn't heard of Needful Things prior no, I hadn't. to doing this. Mm-hmm. That's a problem, but in terms of making the devil himself the big bad, do you think that's iconic? Do you think that is one of the more um, memorable parts of the movie as a whole? For so, I, I don't even know if I'd characterize this movie as a horror movie, in essence. I think that there's a lot more of a psychedelic or sci-fi aspect to this more so than a horror movie. So the devil in the mind games and the playing is Mm. not scary per se. It's almost like you do think that, I mean, Stephen King does throw those undertones in a lot of his, his, his novels and his movies that um, speak to something a bit more Psychological, yeah, and theological too, theological, or philosophical yeah, even. Yeah. I, I agree with you. It's not. It's certainly not like a subgenre of slasher. Even though there are some pretty grisly deaths, it, it certainly takes on more of like a, a moral. That's weren't that grisly. Oh, a couple of them. The hatchet job <laughs> yeah, to the yeah, face. Yeah, sure Poor Wilma. Wait, how long did it take to get to that first? Uh... Oh, an hour and a half. Yeah. In a three-hour movie <laughs> before we got our first death. Yeah, that was a little frustrating. A little, little plotting. I a little was wondering whether there was even going to be a death. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's hop over to Leprechaun and talk about the motivations of our little Leprechaun. Did I miss it? Does he have a name beyond Leprechaun? leprechaun. <laughs> uh, I don't think He's I just known a as a Leprechaun, yeah, as far, as, as, far as I know. Today, so. uh, what is his motivation? Why is he going around? He wants to go! He wants to go! 
<laughs> yes, his gold. He so, just wants what's rightfully his. That's a good point. It's not like he's trying to take from other people. He doesn't attack. Well, he does attack people that don't have his gold. That's true. Uh, a well, he didn't know who had his gold. That's true. And frankly, know. the pawn shop older, owner did have his gold. Yeah. Um, but Aww. the cop didn't, right? The cop didn't. He was just that's getting true. in his the way. The cop was a, a bystander a victim. Bystander yeah. Um, so his gold is definitely in motivation no matter what else. <laughs> Material wealth and security, just as a whole, maybe he just wants to feel comfortable, you know? He is at a disadvantage being a little person, who's, you know, he's got <laughs> magical skills. Um, I, I think I think he got a kick out of scaring people. Too. Yes. I think he found it entertaining. Mm-hmm. I think he went about ways of scaring them that were, you know kind of not your traditional way to scare somebody. He's a master of the skateboard. In one scene, the skate, he goes... The, the, um, roller the, skate. the roller skates. I said, where did these roller skates come from? And the wheelchair. He really enjoyed oh, using... the wheelchair caught up with the car, man. That was impressive. He had vehicles of some sort. <laughs> there. Uh, but right. see, that's why he, you know, he, he wasn't at a disadvantage at all. He was able that's to true. work That's true. He was very he mobile. <laughs> um, and, and I think you're right. I think he loved terrorizing maybe the greedy or those he perceived mm. as the greedy. He also has one other motivation that is so comical and they use it to help Jennifer Aniston get away that it kind of takes takes you out of the moment a little bit. Do you know what I'm talking Ooh, about? Okay. I, He's no. got to shine shoes no matter Oh my god! <laughs> he that was the best. I was, <laughs> I was I, up. That was funny. <laughs> it was I, really funny. You can tell he was really frustrated because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this movie was oh, so another comical. Shoe. <laughs> I remember being so afraid that it was going, like, when I was younger in 1994 when this came out. Three, oh, this is 93. This 93, was 93, 93 yeah. when it came out. And, like, the preview popped up. Uh, I'm back. Oh, no, that was the Leprechaun sequel. Right. And I would never watch the Leprechaun movie, but now. <laughs> well, I think you've got a point, though. I think maybe uh, what we see of him in terms of his actions are not maybe as scary as his look. He is mm-hmm. he is terrifying to look at, if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, that was one of the first credits given at the end was for the Leprechaun makeup. Yeah. Uh, he's go. super sufficiently creepy. Just dirty and, like, Green slimy. Green skin, like he's got a ears were just crusty, yeah. Stereotypical right. Irish skin, you know? <laughs> We can we but can say that. But he was 500 years old. How old was he? He was he's I missed his age. I missed the age. It was I like yeah, really, 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 really old. <laughs> I I think what they did with his makeup was amazing, but in terms of his costume, a little too uh, inside cliche. the box. Yeah, yeah. You know? Just, yeah, and he immediately had to go back into it. You know, when he was playing, when he was pretending to be the. Um, Mr. O'Grady in the hospital. He immediately oh. had to change back into his top hat and his. Was he pretending to be? Oh yes, yes, oh, yes. Yeah, but yeah. not Mr. O'Grady because he. We do see Mr. O'Grady's body yeah. in the elevator yes. later. Yes. Which but I was confused. I thought there. that was uh, Ozzy, you know, the big doofus guy uh, at first. Because the way the shirts yeah, that they were wearing seem confused that, like, me. Old. He didn't seem and he was old. Talking like the leprechaun again, you know. because well, he like, was one he was Irish, Irish accent. Dude, yeah. I know. Yeah, that's true. Um, in terms of Warwick Davis, who plays the leprechaun, yep. did his voice did that work for you? Yeah, I thought it was freaky. Super sadistic. It's it's like an Irish Chucky to me. Like where yeah. it is genuinely. Scary. I, I mean, I think it was a well, um, well packaged villain. Um, I agree with you. Um, and when we talked about the iconic status of the devil and needful things, I think Leprechaun takes the cake when it comes to a villain that people remember, right? Uh, yeah. Leprechaun is a staple of horror. I feel like there's been so many. 
um, sequels. And there's actually been a reboot as well. I think Leprechaun sells to a certain degree. The reboot? Or there sequel. has been a reboot really? a couple of years ago. Yeah, oh, there was a reboot goodness. of it. No, I mean, if you think about Leprechauns in general, like being Irish ourselves and knowing the mythical kind of stories behind it, they all have... I went to the Leprechaun Museum several times in Dublin. Oh, wow, I didn't know that exists. <laughs> anytime someone would come to visit, we, they would do the... Well, I didn't live there, but anytime I would go with someone new, yeah. we'd take them to the Leprechaun Museum. Fun. To um, Yeah, and you hear the tales. It's supposed to be kind of kid-friendly, but it's kind of freaky. And yeah, you talk I about the kind of vibes of leprechauns. Having gone time. there, can you speak to the lore of what, what it's rooted in? What, Where did the leprechauns come from, just as a whole, in terms of? Their, I don't think they got lore. too deep into okay, that right, into the, in enough. the movie, did they? Not in the movie. I was just oh, wondering, oh. having gone to the uh, museum. Yeah, yeah, that and fairies, and um, yeah, how far back it goes. It's um, it's quite some tales. So let's rank both of these in terms yeah. of pentagrams. Four pentagrams is the best. Uh, okay. Zero is obviously the worst. Uh, how many pentagrams are we going to give the devil himself? Uh, I... Leland Gunt. I, I give him one and a half. 1.5? Okay, I, I'm going to try and... I'm going to bump it up, because I think on the, in this version of the show, we're going to agree upon him. Um, uh, would you would you go for a two on this guy? Because oh, it is the agree? devil. Well, uh, if you had done it initially prior, we would then add them all up, but I think in this scenario... Mm. Unless you'd like to put your 1.5, and I could put my two, and then... No, I was leaning towards two, but I just... I honestly didn't like it. But As, yeah, no, two I'm, is halfway there. Yeah, so it's like, Let, let's try to agree agree <laughs> on a happy medium <laughs> and then enough. move Fair forward enough. with that. So we give two pentagrams to the devil. Yes. How many do you give? Four. I gave it three, so let's give it a three point five. Okay? <laughs> okay, because I do think there are some. I just flaws. don't want the leprechaun to find me. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> we don't want to. I want me pentagrams. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, let's go to the next criteria, which would be the ensemble of needful things. What did you think about as a whole, the cast, no, the I didn't like. I didn't like the way they worked together. I thought there were too many, way mm. too many characters. Agreed. You couldn't follow. They looked alike, some of them. It mm-hmm. was very difficult to decipher. A lot of bald guys. Yeah, a lot, <laughs> a lot of bald guys. And, yeah, I mean, their stories were just so scattered. I mean, that has nothing to do with ensemble, but I don't think there was an ensemble. It was Ed Harris's character yeah. who was the protagonist. Bonnie Bedelia is Polly, his girlfriend. Yeah. Um, you could argue his deputy is a pretty big shot, Norris, throughout it. Of course, Keaton. Um, ultimately, he creates these pairs that go after each pairs other. So when we talk after, about yeah. the ensemble, which of the um, essentially duos that go head-to-head was the most poignant for you? Which one did you like to see their interplay more than anyone else? I mean, I relate to the, the first uh, victims. In oh, the Nettie and Wilma. Yeah. Right? So we have a turkey farmer in Wilma. Petty, uh, like a bully, right. uh, bully nerd kind of vibe between the two of them. And not that that's why I relate to them, but more of like just the nitpicking yes. of not liking someone for something and then it just blowing up into a big neighborly war, almost like uh, some people we know in our yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the tension rises. And in case we weren't clear enough about it when talking about the devil, he really doesn't do anything himself. He pits people against one another, and he's able to find out what their uh, pet peeves are mm-hmm. and pin duos against one another, and usually they end up killing each other. It's, really um, fun. it's actually quite realistic within like a working world or... You know, any sort right. of, like, competitive environment. Yeah, no, in, in that sense, I felt like uh, the ensemble was interesting because I actually bought 
um, the sort of beefs that each of the duos had. You yeah, had the yeah, Baptist yeah. Uh, preacher the versus the Catholic thing. preacher. Mm-hmm. Um, you certainly have the scumbag gambler versus the deputy going on. And then even in the couple themselves, uh, Polly versus Alan, Sheriff Allen, mm-hmm. you understood where there, um, where he was able to find that wedge in between them, right? Yeah. Ultimately, she is a waitress. She is racked with pain. Mm-hmm. He is framed as a, a corrupt cop by mm-hmm. the devil, and mm-hmm. it, it made it hard for them to kind of continue to see each other as their ideal as they moved forward um, yeah. in the film. They came together at the end. A lot of forgettable peripherals, though. I'm totally with you in terms of there just being a sheer way too many people, just far. Felt too many. like you know um, the Walking Dead on crack. Mm. Just so, just yeah, so many peripheral characters that you. It hurt the pacing of it yeah. too a lot, you know. Pacing. Are we going to talk about pacing? <laughs> yeah. Are we slow it down? Uh, I think in terms of when we get to the end, when the fright factor, how okay. slow it was, was the scariest part about it. Oh. Uh, Ed, Ed Harris spends a lot of time just on the ground figuring out if he should get up or not. Um, okay, <laughs> when we talk about the ensemble for Leprechaun, did it do it better for you? Yeah, I like the ensemble. Wow. <laughs> they were memorable, distinctive. Um, they had their personas that played well to the villain. And um, I do think like some characters could have had more action. But other than that, yeah. I mean, it wasn't, there were, what, six at the end? Six people in the uh, movie? The, the four, the main four do all survive, right? We don't actually have anybody of significance die in Leprechaun. Sadly, yeah. you know? It I kind of wouldn't want it. And that's why there's part. a sequel, right? True. Yeah. I don't think any of them come back, but I'd have to investigate that. Um, what the irony is, though, is we have like pretty much A-list actors, Bonnie Badia from Die Hard, Ed Harris from Abyss around mm-hmm. that time is what came out, and even J.T. Walsh, who plays the scuzzbag gambler. Is We're a back big on shot. the... I, I'm just comparing it. We have A-list actors versus Jennifer Aniston's first role, right? Yeah. Pre-nose job, Aniston. Yeah. Uh, I had recognized the kid. He was from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dad. Yeah. Um, as well as uh, the goofy guy. Goofy guy Ozzy yeah. was the villain in Pee-wee's Adventure. Mm-hmm. The dad is like a dad who's in a lot of 90s sitcoms. But he was barely in it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, in terms of that, I did think as a whole, uh, we have better actors in Needful Things, but they had a shittier script and less, fun, yeah. less to work with as a whole. Um, and who did you think was the best of them all in terms of performers? Uh, in both Within both movies? Well, yeah, sure. In total? I like Ed Harris. I think he did Ed a good Harris job did a great a job. You do see a progression pop, of yeah. character. Um, and then I don't know. I like the kid in the. The kid is pad. the best for me for <laughs> sure. The kid he, is the best. Yeah, I mean, we, he, he reminded me of yeah, just a. I don't know. I just think he was actually a good actor yeah. as well as a, his character was good because he was the he was he was not the sidekick. The Ozzy who had the mental right. um, touched in the head yes. was the sidekick to him. So he was almost adult adulted. You're smart, Ozzy. Before his <laughs> years, yeah. Um, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I think uh, the relationship between Ozzy and the kid was probably the best duo in, yeah. in the mm-hmm. entire movie and you mm-hmm. actually see a progression of where they start and where they end up mm-hmm. there's there's a change there a lot of foreshadowing with like the slingshots and the how did he swallow that coin <laughs> it wasn't a coin it was a clover all oh, oh no the leprechaun gets oh. killed but Ozzy <laughs> Ozzy eats <laughs> one of the coins <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> yes, um, that's for sure. And I did feel like uh, Aniston with her dad, uh, I, I kind of wanted more between their relationship. She came off just like such 
a bitch at the beginning, sort of. And until... I couldn't believe her as, like, a teenager. I don't know. It's yeah. Because we know her as, like, not a teenager. She was Rachel, though. Did you see a different yeah. character there? Or was that it Rachel was and Rachel, Leprechaun? Rachel. Uh, that's why I'm like, did she get cast as Rachel because of this, like, for persona? There? Possibly. It was, yeah, to the T. Uh, so we don't buy the romance uh, as much. Did you think they had chemistry? Oh, my God. It just was... He how, does it progress, he how does it progress so quickly to, like, she's thinking he's caressing her leg, like, day one. How's he under the truck <laughs> caressing her leg, too? Is that you? What is his name? Uh, I could, I honestly, I feel like they never even showed his face, per se. Amazing. I was, like, a um, profile. He wasn't, he didn't have any major lines no, or soundbites. He sound was super boring, super stuck. Yeah, he's he the was, worst of the crew. He's who I wanted to sacrifice himself at the end. Yeah. Um, that would have been nice. He's a liability. Let's rank the ensembles. What are we okay. going to give Needful Things? Um, I was a... Focus in on the, on the heart of it. Don't look too big. Okay. If you're looking at just like the core uh, six or seven. Three, two and a half. 2.5. I'm with yeah. you on that okay. one. 2.5 just because you do have some superior actors in there. Yeah. As a whole uh, ensemble Yeah. for Leprechaun, what do we get? For on? Leprechaun? I mean, they're just two entirely different yeah, movies. True. Like, it's so difficult to compare, like, this kind of. Fun. Who are you rooting for more? We wanted needful things to end based yeah. on a lot of the characters. I, I was. I, I was not really, as much in Leprechaun. I kind of wanted it to end, too. Lepre- I mean, neither of them were like. <laughs> but, it's um, a weak year for horror. I think that uh, the Leprechaun just had so much more action mm-hmm. and. Like different chapters within the movie that yeah. made it interesting it was like okay we need to find the poorly silver oh we need to find um, the Mr O'Grady to right. get answers like there was a timeline the plot moved other versus one, the there same thing going timeline. on I know that has nothing to do with the ensemble but I give it a three as well okay I'll settle for that three on that because it was better than I anticipated it being and I think a lot of it has to do with the boy and Ozzy mm-hmm. um, more than anything what is that boy's name just so we actually call him by his real name so we got Ozzy and then Alex. Alex Alex is the kid's name. Robert High Gorman. Tori is our Jennifer Aniston character. Let's bounce back to Needful Things. We're going to talk just specifically about our final figures. But so many people survive here because when you think about horror, you think about like Halloween, for example. Yeah, um, neither of these felt horror to me. I hear you, but if you look at what came out that year, this actually yeah, yeah, is yeah, uh, yeah. the most iconic in terms of horror. But I, I completely agree, it's a weak year for horror. Um, did, were you excited that <laughs> the people survived the at the end? Um, yeah, and I'm Who actually the most I'm relieved. Tr- lived I, in needful things. things. So I actually did like the ending. Are we allowed to talk about ending? Oh yeah, here? of course. Um, I liked the ending of probably one of the human antagonists. Sacrificing himself yeah. to try to save the city. JT Walsh is Keaton. Yes. Absolutely. So I thought that was a, a really... lot of good it did him though, right? I know. You well, can't he kill know that. the devil. That's true. <laughs> he he thought go, he was yeah. doing something so, noble. Yeah. And who but knows? he'll go and he killed his own wife without not want without wanting the to. The hammer to so the I face. Tell, I felt for that character. That's for a grisly murder, even though we don't see that. That's yeah. pretty grisly because we do see him in the bathroom afterwards. But actually, I don't blood. know why. Was he? Like the domestic, was he like an abusive person before the devil came in? I picture? didn't even know that was his wife until she's suddenly there. I don't feel like we have okay. seen him with her prior to that, which Only speaks to his. Had you? There was one time when she he was gambling and she was knocking on the door. He was playing horse races. Oh, okay. And she came knocking, okay. and he basically told her to. I think I thought that was like his assistant or something. Okay. I wasn't. I didn't see their romantic vibe. Uh, I think he was a, uh, a negligent husband, or what do you call that? What, mm. A husband that ignores you. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so I'm but with yeah, you. But yeah, surviving characters as well. 
I mean, I I felt that the woman who died at the beginning was um, like probably one of my favorite. I wish I got to see her longer. Nettie, I, yeah, Nettie, Amanda Plummer, like yeah. good actress, right? Okay. Pulp yeah. Fiction. You can't go wrong with her, but she definitely doesn't survive. Pretty much. We're talking about the priest, the deputy, or the deputy, Ed I mean, Harris, Bunny Bedelia. None of them are popular. I didn't in my care mind either. Because I don't no, care. no iconic final figures no. at all, mm-hmm. and it's hard to root for a yeah. final figure as a cop mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> final figures in Leprechaun. Who are you the most relieved lived? Well, the, obviously Ozzy because he was the closest to yeah, dying. That's true. That's and he, true. He seemed pretty shattered at the end there. Like and Ozzy being wanted attacked. to live, even though he was kind of willing to sacrifice him a little bit. I felt like he liked life maybe more than everyone but, but the kid, possibly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I felt like even Ed Harris in Needful Things was ready to sacrifice himself. I think he, like, as much as he loved Polly, he'd be happy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think, yeah, Ozzy was doing it for the kid, and that just shows their dynamic of a duo. Uh, one thing that kind of pissed me off about the final figures is I did feel like Jennifer Aniston's character wasn't empowered enough, and I felt like the guys were always saving her, specifically her boyfriend. I actually... Tended to save her. Really? Opposite. Okay, so I okay. actually remember a scene where I was like, look at, she's stepping up and making shit happen. With the shotgun? With the shotgun, with going herself to get the... To, to go on her own with a leprechaun oh, that's man true. facing yeah, her yeah, out when to she the goes to retirement the, home. Mm-hmm. And then when she she's just bandaging everyone up and like taking charge. I thought she, she Fair enough. She stepped up to the plate. Yeah, I could I see that. I could uh, you know what you talked me into and that it. Means that at the very the, end though he saves the day twice when she's in the cop car and the leprechaun rips off the cop's face, puts in that new eyeball. Right? That was disgusting. Pretty gross. But she pretty much had given up and is in the back seat, ready to get murdered. And then, oh, we heard your screams. Enter the boyfriend. Yeah. Blow him away. Enter the boyfriend at the end with the gas to put down the well to blow him up. Yeah. I felt like in the yeah. major moments, he was the one saving her when her life. She was brave. She was brave. Yeah. But anytime she was brave, I don't feel like her life was necessarily on the line in the same way hers was when she got saved. But, Fair enough. Yep. Um, let's, let's score that. Final figures for Needful Things. Um, that's one. Yeah, one. One. Um, and for Leprechaun? Um, three. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it a three. Maybe, I wish one uh, more people would have died. I would say Final Figures, though, for Needful Things is an interesting one because they name a character that's not even part of the movie throughout the entire time at the oh, very end. That's true. With like, a person who's going to be a victim to the devil in in 2053, yeah, 2053, yeah, years later, generations later, generations your grandson, later. I'm going to come for your grandson, essentially. I thought that was a... That was cool, so bump it up 1.5 for that, yeah. I would say, alone, because he is, in theory, a surviving character that just hasn't been born yet. Uh-huh. Um, okay, let's bop over to the setting of Needful Things, which I personally think was one of its strengths. Uh, yeah, I always like a setting that's based in the um, Northeast. Yes, you have the mountains, water mountain, you have yeah. the water, all of this like unknown, what's behind that mountain, what's underneath that water, I think history, and the fall setting, fall setting, small town, right, got a little, I mean, horror films are town, or small town mecca. Yeah, true. Um, but I love the way that this specific uh, main town had had so much hill action going on. They're always going up and down stairs, it felt like. Mm. And the way that the buildings were structured, built, you could yeah. kind of see into other people's uh, yeah. houses or establishments. Well, that was good for the, the uh, antagonist. That's, true, that's about, all he wanted to do is watch that, people. I observe. It's my job. Yeah. That's your job. Um, yeah, that was a similar situation for a leprechaun because that was a small – that wasn't even a town. That was a – 
house in is rural, the probably Southern California. I think it was SoCal. Is, is no, it was uh, New Mexico. It was New Mexico. Okay, all right, fair yeah. enough. Uh, yeah, I missed that but one. But she, then. yeah, she, she seems like she might have been from California, from, right. and then yeah, just, to get yeah, that I think it's sure. either Arizona or New Mexico or something. Like that. Where did they miss the mark, though? Where should this have been set? And I think the reboot does set it there. Um, Boston. Well, Ireland, <laughs> no. but yeah, a more I, Irish no, city would have been better. Well, it, well, yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, how, how much better but would it have been if it was... I think they're saying O'Grady took the leprechaun from Ireland and came home with it. He so did, now he's in, like, but he's Irish too, territory. so ultimately he's an Irish-American who's come back to New Mexico and he's bright. But that's why the leprechaun was such an unbelievable thing that's for the police. That's a good point, that's true. And that's why she's like, Ozzy, you didn't tell them that it was a leprechaun. That's a good point. Because so, it is so... Like out of the box. My dream would have to had the same sort of scenario, but instead you have like expats, you have Americans who are taking over the O'Grady farm in Ireland, though. Mm-hmm. So you have the Americans who don't believe in the leprechauns, mm-hmm. but over there where you'd get the lush the green, and they know about and it would it, be yeah. his home territory. I think it'd be much scarier if he was in his home. I territory. want to watch the sequel now. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what? Anything else you want to mention about the setting of Leprechaun? Any any zones that you found? I think they went a bit too far with like the spider webs and. A lot of spiders. The basement was maybe one of the more scarier spots, uh, as you. And noted. like, I didn't know that the main guy, and this is nothing really to do with the setting, but the main guy, or O'Grady at the beginning, I thought he died. I didn't know he had a stroke, and like that. That yeah, gave, I thought he had a heart attack. Yeah, yeah or a stroke or something, he, and he was done. He had a stroke, but he survived it. I thought he was dead. Me too. I didn't even know how he had died. I thought like maybe he was. I don't know. It was yeah, no, I thought he died uh, right then with his wife, and it was appropriate romantic, and then the leprechaun was stuck there no matter what, because in theory, if he's in that home, who's paying for him to be in that home? They would have sold that property, yeah. and the leprechaun would have gotten loose prior yeah, to that. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, so. I think, actually, the leprechaun was more scary during the daylight, though. How about you? It was so very dark at the beginning. I was like, okay, I'll be fine True. watching this movie because I can't actually see the leprechaun. I'm not <laughs> scared at all. Um, the voice obviously was scary, and yeah. we didn't mention the scariest thing was his ability to change his voice. Oh, true. And be a child or the police officer. <laughs> Please or... let me out of the box. <laughs> yes, that was. I mean, yeah, that's no, that's super creepy. In, um, or like got, you know, him out in the got first the doofus place. To un- unlock and him. got the cops to not come by pretending oh, to be that right. guy as well. So. Um, I think, yeah, in, in, in daytime, he was way scary. Or when they just showed him moving. I think his movements were just so... Well, what Davis knows what he's doing. Scary. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I, I as, as noted, in the daylight, he hit me more like underneath the car thing. It was so mm-hmm. ridiculous, but that would be pretty freaky. And when he's hiding in, in the tree, when yeah. the dad goes and reaches his arm and gives his... Yeah. I just I prefer to like him be obscured yeah. and still be there. To me, is scarier than at night when we see him like straight up in the middle of the road shining shoes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit cartoony. How did he gain his powers, or how does his powers become more... Um, powerful. The more coins he has, the more power he has. So okay. his entire sack was missing at the beginning. Uh-huh. Um, and remember, uh, Ozzy and uh, I'm sorry, I always the kid's name yeah. Alex. Uh, they have that whole pot of gold, and that's when they bring it to the pawn shop. Yeah. And they give one of them to. Because the, then he's uh, then he's able to move around super easily, right. and he would not have to be on a freaking wheelchair or and teleport. He does teleport, have the ability. Yeah, I don't think he say. could do that as much before he had all his coins back, uh, with the exception that, of the yeah, one. Yeah, it became more prominent in, towards the end. In Ozzy's belly. I liked when they were trying to find him in the cabinet. cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, I, I mean, he has some good pop-up moments. There's good startle scares in there, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I'm going to have dreams about the leprechaun. He's pretty freaky. I do want to see the reboot now after this, more than the sequels of okay, this one. Yeah. But I, want, I would like to see the reboot. What are we giving the setting in terms of score for Needful Things? Hmm. Four. I mean, the the, the, the potential was there. I just don't think it was used well. I agree with you. I think they maybe spent too much uh, time on just, like, external shots yeah. of the mountains. It was nice mm-hmm. and ambient at first, um, but it did lose me. And I will say that the setting was enhanced by the score of Needful Things. The mm-hmm. music involved, I felt, was really, really good. I can't say that I, I remember slow. the music. and Yeah, it was slow. But it, it, I like the beginning, but then they the use devil works they use slow, orchestra throughout the entire thing, and like orchestra is great for certain scenes, but yeah. not for everything. For everything, I'd say that the setting was very kind of quintessential, also for a horror movie, because you have your restaurant, you have your police right. station, you have your you antique know, shop, antique shop. Yeah, yeah. no, that's true. That's they just true. needed a school, and then they'd be good to go. Um, now, the fact that you told me that it's New Mexico and Leprechaun instead of. Uh, Southern California, I kind of like it a little bit better. I was kind of harsh with my initial ranking of that. Um, if you were to take it, like you said, they went all over the place. We got to see the hospital. We got to see the old people's home, uh, the basement. The house was fleshed mm-hmm. out pretty well. Uh, a lot of, like, woodsy shots, too, and just on the street. Yeah. As a whole, I, felt, I found it a little bland. I wanted I wanted. Well, then more. they had neon grass where they found the clover. I thought that was so bizarre. Oh, like, yeah, find clover in the neon green patch. Um I would give Leprechaun setting a uh, 2.5. Okay, I gave it a 1.5. Let's settle in the middle of a 2. 2. Okay, because I really felt like there was a lot missing from that. Granted, he makes oh, up It there. was so bad when they're like painting this house. Like, who would realistically paint a house that way? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, so they all have the most cliche paint marks on their bodies. <laughs> yeah, that was a problem for me as well. And the color that they picked for that house. We're not actually, yeah. like, we can't critique, like, the, that those things about that. So, that. again, we're talking about the most iconic yeah, I mean, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, really poorly um, directed in yeah. that sense. Well, so was Needful Things. Produced, they yeah, were both yeah. uh, pretty poor production value as a whole. Yeah. Uh, now we jump into my two favorite categories, the first being deeper meanings. What do you think the deeper meaning of mm-hmm. Needful Things was? Uh, well, I kind of mentioned at the beginning of this conversation True. is that I think there was an undertone of what's important mm-hmm. in life and what you should value and don't worry about the petty things yeah. because um, it's just going to get you in trouble down the line. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, and consumerism. Certainly consumerism. we're talking about the early 90s, crazy toy obsession and, and people just want stuff. Um, but a lot of the things that people wanted were kind of... A lot of nostalgia, it seemed like. That's a good point, yeah, between the card. The card, the book, the the coat that the guy had from his high school that brought, like, flashbacks for people. So So the devil exploits a time in the past when you think you were happier. The devil really talks about this only has power if you're happy with it. Yeah. Right? So that's actually really interesting. Um, The only thing I saw in terms of the year 1993, this is when Waco happened, and the way most of Needful Things kind of plays out is, like, he's kind of this cult leader that's Mm -hmm. making people do horrible things. Um, at the cost of others, and certainly uh, perpetuating an ideology in the same way sure. uh, we see go down in Waco. What about the deeper meanings of leprechaun? <laughs> Don't take things that aren't yours. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, no stealing. Even though they don't really steal, they happen upon it, though. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. they stole that money. Right. He did. O'Grady did it at the beginning. It was clear right. that he stole it. Like, caught me a leprechaun. Yeah, stole. absolutely. And I think, you know, if they found out... Uh, it was so cute. They wanted to spend the money to get the... the his brain fixed. His brain fixed. 
<laughs> We're going to make him smile. Um, I don't know about deeper meanings. Leprechaun. I, I mean, as an Irishman, or yeah. as a couple Irish folks, I did see some deeper meaning in this. I feel like it was really dealing with the two sides of luck and hope. And ultimately, they do happen upon this bag of gold, but it comes with consequences. You know what I mean? Nothing in life comes for free is something yeah. that I sort of got from it. Um, and to always, like... Look at the bright side. Granted, uh, Jennifer Aniston hates it at first, yeah. and then she comes down. She's like, "Oh, there's a yeah. cute guy here. Let's look uh-huh. at the bright side of this. Maybe I can um, turn this frown upside down." Mm-hmm. Um, and and if you want to look in a grander uh, scheme in terms of historical context for how Irish people are treated, um, we will not be looked down upon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? it was a badass. So like. We've been di- we were disenfranchised with the English for so long they would just take our money. I mean, this is a way of saying, no, I get mine, too. Yeah. I'm as, as legit as you are. And maybe that's a little too much of a stretch. I would be curious to find out why a leprechaun was chosen as a villain in the first place. Or, like, why this was a, a move. Why was the movie yeah. made to begin with? Who's, who's the director? Why did, or the writer? The producers the that gave the go. Or, yeah, who said... Ah, leprechaun seems scary. I mean, maybe they heard. Maybe we went. They went to the leprechaun museum and heard the folklore, and we're like, okay, we got to commercialize well, this. Yeah. But the. I mean, it's a timeless character. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. And did it well because there was a couple of Sasquatch movies a couple of years ago, but nobody really is aware mm. of them in the same way. I feel like they were better and they were scarier. Um, like uh, Willow Creek was one of them, um, and Primal Fear, two Sasquatch movies. I don't think people know about them what in the same Sasquatch? way. Uh, Bigfoot. Oh, in the okay. same way. So it's these like uh, mythological creatures, which has the most cachet. And I really think the reason this paid off as well as it did is because of the little actor. Yeah. Warwick Davis. Yeah. I, yeah, I Googled him and he's... Um, prolific. His family are like really prolific. In, he's in a good theater. actor too. I mean, yeah. he makes it scary. Um, and then one other thing, maybe in terms of deeper meaning, as somebody who really tears down ideologies and belief systems, as Jennifer Aniston sort of tells Ozzy, stop believing in this horse shit, man. Um, yeah. Maybe sometimes with people that don't have or aren't maybe as cognitively inclined or uh-huh. discerning and skeptical, yeah. it's okay. Let them have their magic. That was a really Let pivotal, them have that. There was a, that was a pivotal scene where with, she was yelling at him and then discovered believe, it. Yeah. Believe. Yeah, no, for sure. I think his character... Um, showed like a little bit of the importance of innocence and how yeah. it can actually be, you know, valuable for through. some, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. absolutely. Hope is good for, for some. Yeah. Don't crush other people's hope sort of thing. Um, okay. So what are we giving for the deeper meanings for needful things? Um, we didn't really talk too much about that, did we? The deeper meanings? Yeah, mm-hmm. we did. We talked yeah. about uh, ultimately yeah, consumerism sure. and ultimately mm. you should. Yeah. I, I mean, I think there was a lot in there. I mean, they, they dragged out the deeper meanings sure of the, um, I, so it, they could have been more concise and uh-huh. maybe, uh, so there, but I think there were a lot of, um, undertones more, yes. of messages. Right. It's a more, uh, obvious sort of message. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, needful things, even in its title, it's like telling you what it's trying to teach you. True. Uh, I would give the a three. Okay. Deeper meaning, uh, three. And then for Leprechaun? Um, you struggled more. I found some stuff in there as an Irishman. Uh, yeah, I 
Yeah, I just don't think that was the purpose of the movie. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I would give it a two. Uh, can we give it a two point five? <laughs> I don't know. Just the Irish skin at the end. You're giving it when his Irish skin is burning up. Th- needful things a, a three. And, three and you're okay, it a all right. I, I will. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, finally, the last one, fright factor. Um, what in needful things did you find scary? Nothing. Not a thing. What no. was the scariest scene for you? Because um, I got one that I found really creepy. Let's put it creepy. Oh, yeah, you jumped out of your seat. <laughs> the dog! Oh, uh, yeah, the, the skin dog was really gross. You're uh, absolutely right. Uh, that uh, was a jump scare. Hum, 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 hum. I'm trying to think. I don't think I jumped out of my seat once in that movie. This other one that I want to mention wasn't necessarily a jump out of the seat moment for me, but it was like Amanda Plummer, such a good actress mm-hmm. to me, and she was so enthralled with that little figurine, yeah. and he puts it up to her ear, and he says... If you listen closely, you can hear the little boy laughing. For me, uh, I don't know, it just got me in the moment because it transported her back to her own domestic abuse sort of things. And, and perhaps yeah. like her, her whimsy in, in childhood was probably stole earlier. They focused and, it on that scene a lot. Yeah, I mean, there, it was... Yeah, it didn't scare me, though. No. Uh, Fright Factor was uh, pretty weak. I don't think there was... A, yeah, much of... I think his teeth were the most frightening factor. Oh, yeah. They were super nasty. And you really don't even see them that much until... And maybe ways. the scene with the with uh, Polly. Where he's kissing Polly. Yeah. I said that, that was just cringe factor. But also yeah. scary, too, because it is... For her, probably, and I said to you, uh, like, why isn't she fighting him? Right. Like, she was under some sort of spell, and that's the devil, kind of a scary like thing. Like Dracula, you know, yeah. you can't help but fall but for these guys. But there was no, like, jump out of your seat or, like, goosebumpy moments. I'm whatsoever. with you. I mean, there was some, some fun, like, gore horror between the I mean, cleaver and the knife. Yeah, right? when they're uh, having the first showdown. It was a little goofy, though. Yeah. What about Leprechaun? Leprechaun clearly scared you more. Uh, <laughs> a lot less than I thought it would. I think it was, ended up being more humorous than it was scare, like fright factor. Mm-hmm. But there was definitely moments that came out of, or unexpected. I really think the scariest moment was when the leprechaun was pretending to be Mr. O'Grady and t- sitting in the chair because that's 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 like something in oh, a lot yeah. of scary movies right. where it's yeah it's, you think it it's somebody work, but it kind of works here. Yeah, and yeah. he turned around and it was freaking scary. <laughs> he comes scary at her in the wheelchair. Yeah, exactly. His chasing scenes, I mean, they were humorous nonetheless. On the, <laughs> yeah, on the especially when you skate. can really tell that they speed it up when, yeah. they're, when they're like playing it. He's not going that fast in the wheelchair. It's clearly just like mm-hmm. a manipulation of the when video. When he goes through the fence and has like the <laughs> leprechaun princess. Yes, <laughs> silhouette in the fence and he yeah. crushes through so it. I don't, it was more humorous than it was scary, but close-ups of his face... In his hands, yes. like when his hand got chopped off, I thought that was a little. Oh, and his eyeball, the eyeball situation was, was really gross. There's some gross thing. His final death, I think, was pretty gross too. The yeah, way he was melting, like melting away. But he didn't die. Um, and I just think like the house when they get back to the house and like the moment you were talking about with Jennifer Aniston with the shotgun and he's out there, yeah, it's ominous and foreboding. You know, don't know where he's gonna pop up. That was yeah. a little scary. Yeah, true. So that's tonight. just a general like anybody who might be outside your house, scary. True. Yeah. Um, what do we give Fright Factor for? I give it a three. Needful things. We give oh. this one a three. I'm with you on yeah, that. I do think three, three is appropriate. And I'm, I also am with you. And I don't think I watched it when it initially came out because I was like, that's going to give me nightmares. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's something definitely. to that. As a kid, it's a, good a poster. kid should not, yeah, good poster, good commercial that they did at least for the sequel, I remember. But it's because it's a scary character. Mm-hmm. And his voice, I think, is the scariest. Yes. And that's why the I'm back. I remember that distinctly when I was young. Are we giving this more credit because Jennifer Aniston's in it and it gives a little bit of like star power? If that was like nobody we recognized, is it still as good? Yeah. 
Okay. That's I don't fair. think it was good. It wasn't no, a good movie true. at all. That's true. <laughs> but um, it was it was entertaining enough. Yeah. I thought it was going to be worse. Yeah. Um, no, I'm with you on that. Uh, so I mean, I, I enjoyed like it. I'm glad I saw it. My hour and a half back of my life, but more so, I'd like my three hours. Three hours back of, of needful things. That's needful fair. Um, <laughs> okay, so essentially, we're going to give uh, de- uh, I'm sorry, fright factor for needful things a zero or a one. One maybe uh, for the gore. One. For the gore. Okay, so we have a winner. The oh bell God. has rung by a score of sixteen point five to thirteen point five. Leprechaun <laughs> is the most iconic mainstream horror of nineteen ninety three. We did it. I uh, really I need to Google what other We're biased as Irish people though. Yeah, that's true. The, the one that was. And really I always just I knew of Leprechaun. I'd never heard of Needful Things, which maybe has... Here's what I replaced Needful Things with, because I was worried you would have even heard of this one less. At least you saw the uh, characters or the the actors you knew, and you knew Stephen King. But the other one that was up there and made a little bit of money was Kronos. Have you heard of Kronos? It's Mm -hmm. a vampire movie um, by Guillermo del Toro. You've heard of him, though, right? Guillermo del Toro, Pan's Labyrinth. He's, He's really known in the horror horror circuit mm-hmm. but i think in the end even though this one was longer i think you might have probably i mean it's cool to say i saw a stephen king movie that i haven't seen True. i mean and it was it super does, it probably wasn't the best first impression no. of stephen king movie we watched the kind of bad quality one too. Of the, oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> not, not the sharpest uh, picture but i think i mean i love the I love the early 90s as just a, ta- a time in general, so it was kind of fun to see the flashbacks to the old cars and yes. kind of a bit, it was a bit nostalgic. It for was me like watching a home vi- yeah. horror home video in a, a weird horror way. Home video. Um, that's very true. Yeah. Um, so I want to thank you again for being part of the Icon Showdown podcast. This being episode six. Woo! Um, awesomely released on October 6th. Yeah. Um, today is there anything? It's a good month. Magpie Jones, that you want to let people know? How do they follow you on social media? Is there anything got through? Sure, quite easy. Large Travels uh, was because I was large and I've traveled. Large head. <laughs> Big head. Okay. We, we can say that. <laughs> um, but that's, yeah, no, nothing else going on. Just around. Very cool. Um, and uh, she'll be back later in the month to go over another duo. We'll oh, see who the yeah. winner is. Um, and of course, if you want to support the podcast, I encourage you to go to companydreamer.com and check out my novel about the dream recording industry. And also keep an eye out um, in 10 days uh, on the 16th of October, Copydactyl's third album is going to be released called uh, They Would Know It Was Us. So please keep an eye open for that, an ear open rather. Yeah. And uh, as they say in the business, the bell has rung.